Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast. Alongside Hunter Pulaski, I am Peter Garber. We are presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. The tour is back in action this week, and so are we. We'll talk about the 20 field event in the Bahamas, the Hero World Challenge. We'll also talk about Taylor Gooch's victory at the RSM Classic a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago. Uh, payout increases across all the tours, men's, women's, foreign ferry. Uh, interesting. And the PGA Tour has struck a deal with ESPN Plus to hopefully make it easier for me to actually watch the golf tournaments that I bet on. But before we get into any of that, the news of the golf world this week, obviously, Mr. Tiger Woods, the one and only, nobody moves the needle quite like Tiger, starts by posting a video of him actually hitting a golf ball at the end of last week, which got a few views, and then proceeded to speak to the public for the first time, first with Golf Digest, and then as he is the host of the Hero World Challenge, also in media availability Tuesday afternoon, perhaps Tuesday morning. Um, said a lot of interesting things, Hunter. Do you, you have a chance to listen back to it? I listened to some of the highlights, if you will, from the Golf Digest piece. I didn't listen to the whole thing, and then I watched his entire press conference yesterday at the Hero, which obviously there were a lot of follow-up questions to him about what he had said the previous day, and in particular, what his plans are for his competitive future, even though he didn't seem to want to elaborate on any details in that regard. So, no. what you what were your takeaways from those? You know, from the recent comments from Tiger. Uh, I think kind of to be expected. I think he's kind of keeping everything close as of right now. It doesn't want to doesn't want to say anything that he shouldn't, given given the circumstances and, and like how how his body's doing. I think that I mean I think that makes total sense that he would play when he when you when he says limited schedule are you imagining six events a year or are you imagining less over under six when he says he's going to play in that many events what event and he says at the same time that he's not going to compete for major championships and he says that he has to be ready before he goes back out on the golf course I can't quite put it all together and it makes me think that he's just blowing some smoke here and lowering expectations and I don't know how you know competitive he's going to be able to be but it seems to me he doesn't know either and he's just trying to say stuff because if all those things are true what events are you talking about are you talking about the hit and giggles like the no, hero world challenge and that's he's not going to go play Augusta you'd be you'd be crazy I mean I guess I I. That's not a hit and giggle. It's no, a major it's, championship, and you know he's he's always said, "Oh, I have to be competitive to play in that." So, like, what you know, well, what I mean, gives here? Goes back to that first. Was that his? It was within. It was that interview with Curtis Strange. I think it was like, or, or it was something around, kind of right near his rookie season, where he said something along the lines of, "I only go to a golf tournament. If I'm going there to win. If I'm going to go to a golf tournament, I'm not going there to get second place." So now he's kind of. Saying that he, he's just not his body's not able to do it anymore. I imagine I kind of figured that was before we started talking. So Genesis Hero World Challenge. 
would all qualify as Jack's play. I bet you played Jack's place Memorial. I think so. I think they just like that would. Make but that it. is like one of the longest, most difficult, grueling tests on tour. Is it just because it's an invitational? Yeah, and I think it's because Jack's. So you think he's gonna play Bay Hill too? Then I think if that's in my we're mind, getting up there. That's Bay Hill Memorial yep. Augusta, the Hero, the PNC. We're already at five. I'm not quite sure. I'm ready to say. I think Augusta has to be one, but I'm not willing to. I'm not ready to say that. Over. I think he. he I think he plays at yeah, Jack's place before he plays in like the PN. Obviously the PNC Championship. He'll play in that before the play. All right. So those are kind of the. If we're mapping out the the events, maybe those are the the ones that we're looking at. I mean, I don't think he's gonna. He's not gonna be. He did say he wanted to play in the Open Championship. He mentioned that by name. He'd love to play in the Open Championship at St. Andrews, which is what, next July? But do you think, so you, it sounds like you think that he is going to play him more than what he's giving off? I think he gave off so many mixed signals that it's almost impossible for us to draw any conclusions beyond the fact that he's not going to go play a full PGA Tour schedule, which we knew already because he was in a horrific car accident and he's 46 years old. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're yeah, at, he was we're not playing age. a full PGA Tour schedule before <laughs> the accident. Yeah, so he was trying to play. He was getting starting to play well and trying to play more and all that. But he wasn't about to go play. You know, he's not about to bunk up with Sung Jay and grind out. You know, tour appearances week in and week out. So if he goes down from twelve to six or whatever, he's still going to be a major influence on the game and a big part of it. Particularly if at least one of one or two of those are. Our majors, but I mean, my question, another question I have for you is how sincere did he, did he sound to you? Did he sound like you, like he had practiced this and thought about this and was trying to control the conversation or like he was being really open and genuine? I thought he was trying to, I thought he was trying to be pretty, pretty shielded with it. He had a couple, couple people, a couple of the reporters ask questions where he was pretty snappy with them. A little curt. Yeah, all all per, all about the accident. Yeah, itself. I think he. I think uh, you said he's forty six. Forty six years old. And he. I think he is just maybe just exhausted of the the um, everyone constantly looking into his life. So if he can say as little as possible to, to keep people guessing, and good for him. I don't. Really, it doesn't really bother me at all. If he if he wants to to keep as as quiet as possible. Good. Have you seen his odds for the Masters next year? I'm glad you brought that up. Disgust. Are people betting on this? He's 42 to one. Uh, by they, the ha- way. they have to be. If, if he's no, I saw. Low, I think I've seen lower. I saw 35. I know. I was looking in the 35 range. I heard 35. I Fanduel in Michigan. He's 40. He's 42 to one. Let me tell you a couple of the players he's priced alongside: Webb Simpson, Paul Casey, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Louis Oosthuizen. Louis Ustase, and I, I love that at forty-two. I think I already have a bet on him at Augusta. It might be St. Andrews. I, I hope I can uh, find a Saint Louis Ustase to win a major prop in twenty twenty-two. You already it. bet it. You already bet the. You bet the Open like the week after the Open last year. Oh, good. Then I might have multiple tickets. Yeah, it was Louis. Oosthuizen. Yeah, it was definitely Louis. Because I love him at St. Andrews, but I love him at, at Augusta too. He's priced ahead of Sam Burns. Currently the hottest player in the world. Matthew Wolf, Adam Scott, who's also won there before. Abe Answer, 55 to 1. Pretty real real value on Abraham Answer. 
My favorite player on tour, Siwoo Kim. Sergio Garcia, another former winner. Uh, Jane Lowry. It's no respect. Vegas. Christ, same number. I do. I think we're like we're joking about it, but I do think I don't think I don't think it's going to be uh, this upcoming spring. But I do think if there is a tournament that Tiger can win again, course he can win out again. I do think it is Augusta. I think it just like, that's one of those courses that I feel like it really is a lot about uh, knowing the course, having the course history, playing it where you need to play it. I don't. I mean, I know it's a long golf course, but I think you can get it around. Like we've seen didn't didn't. Mike Weir win there? Mike Weir's won there. Charles Swartzel has won there. Zach it's Johnson not short necessarily, has well. but Zach Johnson. So, I mean, so no, to, Zach to that Johnson point. Johnson has worn a green jacket. Yes. Yeah. So to that point, I don't really know if it, it, it's so they, you can you can get it around there with your short game and your putting. There's no doubt about that. So yeah, I mean, it's the, the it's not. Are you betting him to win another major in his career? Forget the forty-two to one in, in April at Augusta. Hilarious. Um, he might not even play. I think right now I would say no, but it all kind of depends how much BS he just said yesterday. So that answer could easily change in six months. In I guess you know, six months. Well, more. that's the challenge: is you have to read between the lines and make a decision with the information that you have um, at present. You can't punt wait. So I guess if I if so uh, gun to head, I don't think so. No, there's too many good, too many good players, too many young good players right now that I don't think are necessarily as because we saw it. We saw it even towards the 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 end of the um like the teens of two thousands that it wasn't really they weren't really necessarily as scared of or as timid of Tiger as what when he was kind of in his prime. So I don't. Yeah, maybe until he was in contention at Augusta and then nobody could make a putt down the stretch except for Tiger. Brooks, I do, I do Brooks think, could have I do think got, Brooks and DJ both could have easily gotten into a playoff that day. I think it is crazy how much the game has changed just in those two short years. I think that they, where were, I think there are some guys that weren't there in 2019 or weren't like as doing as well now. Like I think eh. as what maybe there is today or what going into 2022 season. I think it has more. It'll have more to do with Tiger ultimately, because if he's well, then he still has a chance in every tournament. If he's not, then he he basically stands no chance. So, who knows? I mean, he didn't really get into a lot of detail. I don't know if it's out there, but just the just how bad uh, that injury was. And what the what the potential for his quote unquote new new leg can be, but I'm sure he can figure out a swing and, and you know compete in the Hero World Challenge in a couple of years and in a 20 player field. And I was half wondering like, is he going to go? He's making those jokes about if they want to shorten the golf courses and make them harder and this that. And I was like, dude, you should go play Harbor Town. Yeah. You would be great there. That's a course that you've never really played. It doesn't really make sense for your game, but your game's new now. And you can hit any club pretty much on any hole there. You don't have to hit a single driver if you don't want to. It's short players always fare well there. Wyndham, you know, there are some courses, some par 70 type courses where maybe it does 
make sense for him to reconfigure his schedule in that sense, and then that would be really cool because then he'd be going and playing events that historically he had not really played in. I'm not. I think it's probably more likely that he plays, like you said, in the events he's affiliated with. But boy, would that be interesting to have him like go back and start playing Honda again, play Wyndham, uh, play Harbor Town, and you know have some fun playing in those fields and those events that you really you haven't played in since probably your first couple years on tour i really do i think it's important to think that it was his right leg i do think it was if it was his left leg i think we'd be having a lot different story than what i think you can worse you mean i think it'd be a lot worse yeah i think you there's i mean there's there are drills that you do that you were like remove your right leg from the equation to make your swing more compact and and to, to hit it more solid. So, and John John Rom has a peg leg for Christ's sakes, and he does okay. So it's it is uh, it is doable. I just worry about him like flipping it a little bit because he can't get all the way back on his backside. But we will kind of wait wait and see. Game. You hate to say too much. PNC Championship is like right around the corner though. So I really hope he plays in that. I don't think he's ready to start playing yet. Did you hear what he said about... Is it only like 36 holes, though? Somebody asked him, have you played... It was kind of a funny question. Dude, first of all, did you hear the guy that clammed up and couldn't ask a question yesterday? No. Did you watch yesterday's presser? I watched most of it, yeah, but I did not know what he... He, he couldn't, said, couldn't asked a question and then said, oh, I also have a second question. Uh, uh, and then they went to the next person. Dude. Oh, it was an awful moment. That would have been me. That would have been me. Oh, yeah, I would have said... Tiger? <laughs> Well, so I guess that's probably all of our tiger talk. I, I think it's enough. I, I mean, I obviously I will tiger fanboy through and through, but I think he's obviously still. You mentioned it, it. He could play in. He could play in a one event a year, and he'd still move the needle more than any other near the golf round tour. So before we get into the PGA Tour stuff and looking back at RSM Classic and Taylor Gooch get breaking through for his first win, and then looking forward to the hit and giggle that is the Hero World Challenge this weekend. Can you talk to us, tell the people out there about this? Like, what do I, what do I need to do now to be able to watch PGA Tour live golf action via ESPN Plus? And is this replacing my PGA Tour Live subscription now? For, that's four ninety nine a month, I think. Correct. Yes, that I think that is how I take it. So the uh, PJ Tour just signed a new deal running from 2022 through 2030 with uh, CBS airing 19 events per year, and then uh, NBC will get eight events in addition to airing uh, early round and early weekend coverage on its Golf Channel platform. As previously reported, the the networks will will alternate FedEx Cup playoff coverage with NBC starting off here uh, in 2022. For Peter, though, the, the man who does not watch much golf will have the chance to watch um, a lot more golf now. I need to find the exact verbiage of it. So PJ, so previously, uh, poor Peter had to watch on, on PJ Tour Live, which debuted in 2015, and uh, you it's got... basically just featured groups. Two featured groups out on the golf course, shot tracing, though, for every, every hole and speed rounds. Allowing you to watch ten minute rounds for everybody. Apparently, that's pretty neat. 
now. Uh, okay. Well, they should have <laughs> sort of fed me an alert or something on that because this is the first time hearing of that. Yeah, speed rounds allowing viewers to watch 10-minute condensed recaps of each player's daily round. Well, I would have loved to watch that. Thank <laughs> you very much. You Just been? when I'm thinking about betting on a guy, let's see how he was swinging it today. Yeah. That would have been very helpful. Uh, so It was so, probably only the guys on in the PGA Tour live group. Not every player in the field. So the migration to ESPN Plus beginning in 2022 will include... Uh, so four concurrent uh, live feeds and coverage from 36 tournaments, of which at least 28 will have four days of coverage. In all, PGA Tour Live will provide more than 4,000 hours of live streaming coverage each year. PGA Tour Live will now be part of the ESPN base subscription, which allows, which also covers Major League Soccer, Out of Markets Package, uh, Serie A, uh, UFC fights, MLB, and NHL games. So I don't know how much I'm getting charged right now for ESPN Plus. It's a six ninety nine, seven ninety nine a month. So you, you pay a few more bucks a month. But it sounds like you get a lot better coverage. Death by a thousand cuts, man. Death oh by my. a thousand cuts. I already oh. have Netflix. I already have Hulu. I already have Prime. HBO. HBO. HBO is free. HBO is free. You pay for HBO? Free. You have AT&T? If you had AT&T, HBO would be free. Okay, well, free, the, free plug for... Thank uh, you. Thank you for that. It doesn't <laughs> help me. I have Xfinity. No, no. What, what phone service do you have? Oh. HBO's free if you're, you're an AT&T Correct. mobile customer? I, it, is, it is for me. So yeah, I assume that would be the case for you. I'm an AT&T uh, subscriber, and I guess all my friends are too, and we all have HBO part of that package well thank you you, just, you do learn something new every day then so you just so well, right i already there. have it so i not that i need it now but i steal well, it technically speaking i don't pay for <laughs> half of the ones i just mentioned uh, but i can pretend that i do to make a point i uh all right so i'll be running out and getting espn plus then i guess today when does this nonsense start? Because I still have a P as far as I know, I still have a PJ Tour Live subscription that I'm going to use to watch the Hero World Challenge. This yes, uh, and, and and which you should. Uh, PJ Tour would uh, begin this relationship with ESPN Plus, first reported by Associated Press, uh, late January. Got it. Okay. So I really do. So think I've got it's, plenty of time to forget about this whole conversation. I'm getting I'm getting pretty tired of this conversation. I think you could just buy YouTube TV for for sixty dollars a month. Stop your wine. Then you have the Golf Channel, and you have NBC, and you have CBS. You have every like all the channels you would need. But I already have network TV. I have NBC. But you don't I pay for CBS. it. You don't pay for it. Don't you get it from? Don't you get free from the satellite? Yes, antenna. <laughs> antenna. <laughs> I swear. I, I step into the studio with you. I swear. I go back like forty years. Like we're back in this. What can in, I say? I'm a Renaissance man. <laughs> <laughs> I, how many times have you had to climb up on the roof and fix? The antenna because it's not working. Have you ever had to do that? Where is the it's antenna? It's not on the roof, you caveman. It's in my <laughs> oh, living room. You're calling me caveman. <laughs> no, it's literally in my living room by the window. Very oh. discreet. <laughs> you can see it if you look closely, follow the cord, but most people don't mind. Okay, so I guess I was imagining like the one that was either out in the field yeah, or like. Yeah, no, no. no okay. Like so you're. <laughs> Little, so we moved up to like the, slightly, we, moved, we moved to the nineties at least. Slightly more civilized. <laughs> That's good. We had one of those when when we when I was a kid. I am twenty seven years old. When I was probably seven, we had what I think exactly what you are talking about right now. 
because we didn't have cable either. We had, we had an antenna. They work great. They work great. And really, you don't need more than network TV. Unless, yeah, of course, unless you, you do a, a golf, golf podcast. podcast. <laughs> okay, so on the heels of the ESPN Plus conversation and that's more access, not surprisingly, we're going to have some payout increases. So we've got a new network deal here and a streaming deal, I guess you call a streaming deal here. And we have pressure from the shark resulting in some movement on uh, PGA Tour payouts as well as Corn Ferry Tour and some LPGA purses have been increased. Hunter, why don't you hit us with the details on that as well? Yeah, so I, I will start with the uh, the LPGA. Um, just in, I believe it was, it was 20, 2021, they set the record for uh, largest purse over the tour, 76 million, 76.4 million over 34 events. Uh, that has been raised now to uh, 87 million over 34 events going into 2022 uh, with pretty drastic increases, almost 100% increases in some of the major payouts for first place um, with a pretty drastic increase in the hours of broadcast television as well. We're going to go to 500, 500 total hours next season of broadcast television. So, uh, Do you I, have where we were previously? I don't have exactly where where it was previously, but it says it is a uh, is a big increase. Well, get some of that on network, please. <laughs> Back to the conversation about the streaming and the television providers. Like I turned on NBC this past weekend because I thought the ladies were going to be on on Sunday when I got home. Do you know what was on? Um, are we are we into finger figure skating season yet, or is it bull bingo? Right? Okay, yeah, I figured we might be. <laughs> Who is watching that? No offense to the figure skating community, viewers, podcasters out there, but what the, what, what? I turned that on, and then of course Sarah says to me, oh, you know who's probably watching that? My grandparents, they love figure skating, and I was like, you're not helping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think Peter and I, Peter and I both said several times, I think, think there's, uh, there's no closer gap in professional sports than between women and men than there is in golf. So it's awesome to see them continue to get uh, the spotlight that they deserve. Hopefully we just see that increase. Just some of the numbers that I think this is worth mentioning. Uh, the Chevron championship is going, is raising their purse from 1.9 million in 2021 to 5 million in 2022. The AIG women's open is going from 1.3 million in 2021 to 6.8 million in 2022, the season-ending uh, CME Group Tour Championship purse will grow from seven million up from only two million in 2021, and the two million first place prize will be the largest professional women's largest prize in women's professional golf history. Well, good for the good for the sponsors. Kudos to the people yeah, who are stepping awesome. up and creating those better financial opportunities. I think those. I think it's a good investment. I really do. I think that the women's tour is. Uh, there's some pretty decent growth potential there when you consider folks like Hunter and I would, would probably consume more of that if it was more available. So with five, 500 hours, we'll see how that plays itself out next year. But well, and, and I'm I, happy, for the, happy for the tour and happy for all those ladies to have you know, an opportunity to earn some more money. 
Yeah, I mean, we, we, may, we may be the exception. We were, I was, so this was Sunday morning. We were at home and we have two TVs in the living room and there was, I think it was like 11 o'clock and I was watching European women's. So if it's on, I'll watch, I mean, if it's on, I'll watch it. it it's almost a testament to how bad television has, has gotten where I will, I will put anything on, even if it's women's European golf, it is, it is still golf and it is not, not different at all from really what the men, men produce week in and week out. Well, there's a lot, yeah. And there's a lot that goes into viewing golf. I mean, guys, golf fans, we like more than just, I know I always complain about show the golf, show the golf, show the golf, but we like to see the golf courses. They play some of the nicest golf courses in the world. We want to see that. It's people talking about the game of golf. We want to talk about the game of golf incessantly when we, whenever we can. That's why people loved Phil so much on the, on the match last Friday. And, you know, because... He finds golf very interesting and so, you know, shocker. So do most of the people tuning in to watch that broadcast. So, you know, if it's out there, you know, we will, we will watch it. Yeah. And I, I saw it, um, quickly to, to talk about the, the match. what do you think of the Did you watch any of the match? I oh, know. I guess you, no, you didn't on TBS. Well, I was, to be fair, I had access to cable at that time and I still chose not to watch it. You didn't really miss much. So I guess my, my, my point being that a lot of people were, were really razzing up Phil, saying how awesome he did. I do, I do think for as much as we hate the PGA Tour broadcasters, I would be curious to see how Phil would do over a full season. Everyone was like calling for him to do more. Everyone was calling for everyone's head. Everyone that's a current broadcaster is calling, for, calling for their heads and saying, let's get Phil in there. I would just be curious. I think he, he is a lot better in this the match setting that may be more loose than something that's more structured. And I just think for over, over a course of the full season, he said it himself at, at the end that he, he's better in small doses or whatever. So he thanked <laughs> yeah. Brooks for making quick work of Bryson or whatever, though I understand Phil actually picked Bryson at the beginning of the broadcast. He did. I think uh, he said Brooks would get off to a one up lead, but then Bryson would win two and one. I think this prediction is <laughs> a very specific <laughs> prediction. No wonder people enjoyed it. Yeah. Did you watch much of it? Um, I watched, no, I didn't watch a ton of it. I watched maybe four holes, first four holes. It was. People said they really enjoyed the broadcast. I understand the quality of golf was pretty poor, which is not fun. And it's, I do think it's hard to play well in that kind of setting when you're trying to be a sort of a, sh- it's like the wwe of of golf you know you're just trying to be a showman and you understand you're on camera even when you're not hitting shots i guess from what i understand brooks did a good job of that but with some good jabs at bryson or whatever which bryson was not surprisingly unable to muster comebacks for but no i think he probably ran out of scripted scripted comments early on i i think it, it's tough because i think um i think brooks and bryson get people to the match, but I think guys like like Joel Dahman and Max would keep people there because I think their trash talk would be so much better, be so much more authentic. Like I think it'd really flow a lot better. Where I think I think we got away with it this time because Phil was Phil was Phil, but I I don't think like these guys. It's just not 
it's not genuine enough for me to really be that interested in it. Yeah, there's some there's a missing element there and I don't know exactly what it is, but it's it's not they haven't quite perfected it yet. I do understand that the making the broadcast better certainly made the viewing experience better cuz I saw mostly positive reviews from you know, from golf Twitter, so but I I you know, I'm not rushing to watch any of those contrived kind of on a on a like a slow Sunday, I, you know, just like I'm not in front of my TV on a Friday afternoon, the day after Thanksgiving when I'm in Florida. It's just like the circumstances for me were such that that was not appointment television. If they keep getting better at it, maybe if they start doing some mixed gender stuff, maybe if they start playing with mixed handicaps, younger and older, pros and joes, if they if they play par three courses, you know, if there's some more elements added to it. If there's some closest to the pin, some other sort of competitive things going on in in the midst of the quote unquote match, then I think that will continue to draw more viewers and eventually myself. But so you think it's more of a format issue than a player issue? It seems like you wouldn't if it didn't. It wouldn't matter who it was yesterday as far as players. You wouldn't have. You wouldn't have tuned in. Or not yesterday, Friday. You wouldn't have tuned in. No, no, no. I don't think I would have. No, unless it was Tiger. I just know. Maybe if it, maybe if Phil was playing, but the last time, yeah, that was the last time I watched one was when it was Phil and Tiger. So, I guess those are the, would be the exceptions. Like Rory, I would be slightly more interested, but I don't think this is not Rory's bag. So, I don't see him doing any of these anytime soon. I wish. But no, would. for me, it's like what make the golf is so interesting and so fun when you go out and mess around with your buddies or like. You know, this hole's a one club challenge or this hole you have to hit this club off the tee or this hole we're going to play from the ladies' tee or whatever. Just, like, stop being so boring about golf is more interesting than just regular stroke play. I agree. I'm, I'm more I'm more lean towards players, though. I think if we got, like, it was John Rahm, and I know you just mentioned Roy doesn't play in this, but you pay him enough. If you paid Rory and Rom to play against Jordan and JT, I think that would be like must-watch television. Just best ball or alternate shot for nine holes, best ball for nine holes, or like a six. That six, would be fun. Six, six, it could six be like thing. A, you could do like a Ryder Cup preview or something like Ryder Cup stars halfway to the next Ryder Cup match. You do a quick little fun thing, and then there's a little more like America versus Europe jabbing and you have some european people that get on part as part of the broadcast and maybe that would be more appealing to the fans there and you know i don't know i just like make it more fun but before we get too lost in something that we're both just talking about not caring about the payout increases are not just for the ladies right we got also have increases for pga tour and for corn Ferry. yeah so uh peter mentioned it but it seems like it's a direct response to um what's going on over in saudi arabia with uh, Greg Norman and and that what are they calling it the World Golf Tour? Is that correct? The World Tour. I I stopped when I stopped paying attention. Well, whatever that tour After is this. happening, that potentially is happening over in Saudi Arabia. This is a direct response to it, I believe. So uh, total total tournament prize money next year will jump from three hundred sixty seven million to four hundred twenty seven million. The the first two FedEx Cup postseason stops. The FedEx Jude Invitational and the BMW Championship will offer $15 million purses up from 9.5 available at this year's events. And then uh, Northern, 
uh, from the 9.5 million available at this year's uh, two events. And then um, the three player run events, the Genesis, the Arnold Palmer and the Memorial will increase um, nearly $3 million. Overall purse will go to $12 million per tournament and also $12 million purse for the Dell technology. Every purse will increase an average of about a million dollars per. And then just for the, the season ending awards to really try to, as we've talked about, to try to um, keep the top guys around the FedEx cool FedEx Cup pool will uh, also surge from a total of $60 million last year to $75 million in 2022. The winner will reportedly receive $18 million. Not a bad payday for four days of golf. Up from $15 million last year. The, <clears throat> the new uh, PIP program will increase from uh, $40 million to $50 million in the top 10 Comcast business. Uh, regular season awards will increase from ten million dollars to twenty million dollars. Hard to keep track of all those end of season bonuses. It, it sure is. Yeah, and it's funny because when you go look at the PGA, I think it's an interesting exercise to say how many, how much do these guys make compared to pref- professional athletes in other sports? Granted, team sports are really different just the structure it's hard to compare because it's apples to oranges but just like uh, the best what's the best golfer in the world make compared to the best basketball player in the world and it is you know your first reaction might be like whoa these golfers are kind of underpaid um but at the very top go look at the pga tour earnings they don't include the bonuses for the tour championship. Like Cantley won ten million dollars last year for winning the tour championship in the last week of the season. If you go look and see what were his earnings last year, they'll try to tell you they were seven point seven million. What's interesting about that is the end of season awards are so much greater. By winning the tour championship, you're essentially doubling your annual income. Or yeah. better. So it really is in there. They're really making it so that all the incentives are at the end of the year, which I think to Hunter's point requires, you know, that you're a member on the PGA tour and you play in the most important events on the PGA tour and that kind of thing. So it's, that is very protective against, you know, the possibility of an, of a new tour uh, makes all the sense in the world from the PGA tour standpoint um, in that regard. Uh, but those aren't, those increases are maybe are not, they're certainly not as great as the increases you just, laid out for the ladies no from a no definitely not from a from a percentage standpoint absolutely not um so i wonder what difference does this make to the players is this an is this enough to nip the greg norman project in the bud or are we gonna have to keep talking about this as, as we go through 2022 i don't um i really don't think people are as inclined to go play all over the world as what somehow Greg Norman has got in his brain. I don't think, I think the PGA, I think the, the cream of the crop PGA tour players have it pretty good over here. And, and I know we're, we're now we're talking about, are they getting paid enough? But I really don't think that Greg Norman and the Saudis can offer up enough money to say, let's go around the world for half the year. And whatever that may be for families, things like that, it just makes it so much tougher than, playing 90% of the events, 85% of the events in the continental U.S. 
Well, especially when you consider not only that these are real people with wives and families and things like that, but guys already have are very regionally influenced in the way that they build out a schedule if you're at the top of the tour. Yeah. You know, we have a lot of guys that if they live out west, they're gonna play you know, they're gonna play the California events, they're gonna play the desert events, they're gonna play in Vegas, they're gonna play that portion of the schedule. If they live in southeast Florida, they're gonna play the Florida swing, they're gonna play Honda, they're gonna play uh Bay Hill, they're gonna play uh you know, all those all those events at that time of year. If you're living a little farther up the coast, you're gonna play Wyndham, you're gonna play RBC, you're gonna play RSM. Uh so I think that's a really good point and probably something that's being lost is just the practical logistical nature of actually putting together a quote unquote world tour that's going to these places of I guess you would say of means places that have the kind of means to you know pay out large sums of cash to elite golfers which are usually frankly odd places on the globe. I do think it is uh, places the guys are not used to traveling or are not going to make a, a regular routine of traveling. If they're not willing to go from South Florida to Northern California, they're not going to go to Dubai and you know or go on a world tour where they're away from home for two months playing and you know events that, like I said in a previous podcast, these events they'll just be coming out of thin air. They'll be, be based. The allure of the event is only the money. Yeah. So another another kind of funny uh, wrinkle to this to really make it um, make all what we said maybe kind of null and, <laughs> null and void, void to a point. They just released the players list or a part of the players list, kind of the notable names that are playing in the uh, the Saudi International 2022 event, which is February 3rd through 6th, uh, Royal Greens Golf and Country Club over in Saudi Arabia. This event falls. Uh, at the same time as the AT&T Pell Beach Pro-Am. Uh, previously, PJ Tour previously said it would deny waivers for the members to take part in this event. Some of the names on this list are uh, pretty staggering. Uh, Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, Graham McDowell, Abraham Anser, Lee Westwood, Tommy Fleetwood, Henry St- Henrik Stenson, Kevin Nod, Jason Kokrak, Bryson DeChambeau, Sergio Garcia, Ty- Tyrell Hatton, uh, Rafael Cabral Cabreo, uh, Paul Casey, Jason Duffner, Shane Lowry, Neiman, Usti, Poulter, Xander, Adam Scott, Hendrick Stenson, which I think I already said his name, mm-hmm. Harold Varner, uh, Vegas, and Bubba Watson are all guys that are not playing in the PJ Tour um, AT&T Pell Beach Pro-Am and are going to be facing fines uh, unless they ask permission. It looks like only eight guys have asked per- for permission so far um, are all playing over in the Saudi International in three months. Keep in mind, that is one of the least popular, although it's at Pebble Beach, events on the PGA Tour schedule. Yes. Particularly if you're a higher profile player, you're either going to not play in that at all, or you're going to go be annoyed for a couple of days uh, with the way that that tournament works, playing multiple courses, playing with a pro-am partner. You know, it's a, it's a little bit tougher week on the players than the average week. But oh, that, that would really have to be, because I imagine those rounds are long. Terrible. Long. Long terrible days that you are you are really it's you, often poor weather i mean it's, there's guys that will just cross they don't give it a second thought i'm sure they're for, i'm sure if, if a lot of guys that are playing are fulfilling 
be sponsoring them. So sorry for saying I have. To. Or our or our guys that need need the points. You know, younger players on tour, guys trying to get get back to their form, or guys who play really play really well. You know, play really well at Pebble Beach. Yeah, and really just, like the golf course. Uh, before we move on from the purses, um, we did mention all the kind of the end of the year. The the majors are increasing. Um, Pretty dramatically, as well as long as well as the uh, player championship, kind of the fifth major, will boast. Uh, players championship will be at least twenty million dollar purse this year. Uh, the four majors will will increase twelve point five million for the U.S. Open, twelve million for the PGA Championship, eleven point five for the Masters and Open Championship. Players winner winner will reportedly earn uh, three point six million, up from two point seven last year. So real quick, back to the Saudi thing. Is that a is that an event sanctioned by this World Tour? Because this is a it's a pre existing event, right? This was a pre existing, yeah. So this um, over here, um, <clears throat> for its members to take part in the Saudi International. In past years, the tour granted releases to its members for the first three Saudi Internationals when it was the European Tour event last summer. The PGA and European Tour tours announced a strategic alliance which removed the event from the European tour schedule and was widely interpreted as a joint effort to stymie any rival tours. So, so it oh, must be just because they're in... In its first year as part of the Asian tour schedule, the 2022 Saudi International features the strongest field in the history of the tour. The Saudis previously made a $100, $100 million investment. Interesting, the Asian tour. So they're going to try to take what is the Asian tour and make that the world tour probably? Since the Saudis um, apparently have influence on that. History will reflect upon how developments like the Saudi International and the Gulf Saudis partnership with the Asian Tour helped see in a new era of professional games, said Cho Min Thant, CEO of the Asian Tour. With the right guidance, it'll be the sport that benefits most with more top athletes from across the, from a wider ge geographical spectrum. President at the very... Ve no, I really don't see anything about... The, about Norman. About Norman, yeah. I mean, it does seem whether it says it or not. I'm sure I'm just not seeing it. I mean, this is obviously a, a an event backed payouts backed. So, but I think I think the big the uh, couple differences between, between obviously doing this and and the a full world tour is the the dislike for the event that's taking place in the PGA Tour. I'm sure that the ton of money they get paid to play in this, and it's only one week. So they can little vacation is not the worst thing in the world. All right, should we get talk about the now that we're done talking about other tours? Should we talk about the PGA tour? Yes. We were off last week, obviously, so was the tour. Sorry that we missed you, so we'll catch up look back quickly to the RSM classic, which we talked a lot about the week week leading up to the event. Taylor Gooch ends up the winner there, plays phenomenal for four days, including Sunday. Uh, Mac Hughes gave it a valiant effort but couldn't quite catch up as well as a few others so congrats to Taylor Gooch obviously a guy that we have been touting um, I did not have an outright ticket on Taylor Gooch which was really disappointing I had we had talked about it we, I had considered it um, it was hard for me to pay up in the 35 range even though I had talked about how you know we're just getting golf Gamblers are getting sharper and sharper, and I think they're driving down the... There was a reason he was 35. You know, I mean, he set up really well. There's, you know, there was a reason we had to take the shorter number on some of these guys when they 
are getting ready to break through because the form is is in plain sight. So he comes through at 35. Um, I did play him heavy in DraftKings. I really had a great, not a great week, but a good week. Just disappointing to have another second place finish on an outright with Mac Hughes in my third of that fall section of the schedule uh, without any winners since the Tour Championship. So that was tough to swallow, but I mean, it was really a, I was a very profitable week. I wish it would have been a little bit better on the DraftKings side. I didn't have quite enough six of sixes, but I had some really good five of sixes and a lot of our plays uh, came through at at RSM, like Denny McCarthy, obviously had a good week. Keith Mitchell top twentyed. You know, we had a lot of uh, touted a lot of the guys that ended up playing really well, and obviously Mac Hughes there too with the second. All in all, a great week at RSM, and congrats to Taylor Gooch. Is there no there? There is there no? Uh, what's the what's the thing where I'm looking for the year? Um, where top five pays out? What's that called? Each way. There's oh yes. Is there no each ways during the fall series? Why have you not been able to cash out all these top? Teams? I got an each. I had an each way. Okay. Okay. That yeah. makes you feel better. I, I mean, I typically won't take the each way unless I'm at least into the 40s, more like over 50 to one. Uh, so that may be why, because I had been betting guys at slightly shorter numbers. But no, if it's a if it's a longer odds, I always take the each way. Mm-hmm. So I sure wish I was just looking at now that I'm in Michigan, we're in the studio together here in Petoskey today. Looking at at the FanDuel numbers, and it's frustrating not to have those each way options. But you can always go bet the top five or the top ten separately too, if you want to have that kind of a strategy to your to your gambling. Which I doubt very many people will have this week, as we go to the Hero World Challenge, Albany. I think it's Albany Golf Club. I guess. What do you know about this tournament, Hunter? Not uh, not a ton. I know it's a, it's a limited field event, which, which we've mentioned. I imagine it's very windy. Is that accurate? In the Bahamas. It is seaside, yeah. So are we, are we favoring guys that um, are on the, that maybe play predominantly? Like I, I think Rory plays well here, has played well here in the past, plays well in no-cut events, Well, limited field. There's a couple interesting things about this golf course. One is we have plenty of course history. It's just not recent. Mm -hmm. Because the last version or edition of this at Albany was 2019. It's a par 72, 7,300 yards, designed by Ernie Els. Um, It's kind of linksy and sandy. Uh, There is some water out there, so it's kind of a mix of styles. You know, the fairways look pretty easy to hit it's kind of wider has sort of a resort type of feel to it kind of looks like not dissimilar from even like a well port royal it's a bit of a stretch but you know it has that island resort type feel to it five par fives and five par threes so i'll run you through the who's leading the tours in this event so far in in the par three scoring and par five scoring categories because I think those are important this week. In terms of the history, if you look back, a couple of the guys that stand out, Stenson always plays well here. He's in the field again this week. I have no idea where his game is. I won't be betting or rostering him in DraftKings at all. 
He's also the cheapest player in DraftKings and the longest odds on the board. Um, Justin Rose lives here. Or I don't know that he lives here year-round, but he has a home here. All those goofy Morgan Stanley commercials, Mm -hmm. those are filmed on this. Those are taped on this golf course. So that's where he's playing. And he plays well here. Uh, He's 30 to 1 or more, depending on the books that you look at in the last handful of guys. There's only 20, but he's in the bottom five in terms of odds. So I think that's interesting. Patrick Reed has played well here uh, in the past. And Tony Finau has a second place uh, here. So I think that's those are all just little tidbits to keep in mind in terms of the history. Nobody really like plays here all the time. Maybe Rose would be kind of the exception. Oh, Jordan Spieth's the other guy that I left out who has good history here. Um, interesting. I don't know quite what to make of that. Might be the wider fairways or the kind of links look to the golf course that he enjoys because I don't think of him as a good seaside, windy condition type of player. But no, he's also just playing good. So I think those, you know, perhaps those odds are are kind of interesting since he's a little uh, longer than some of his peers. But um. I think the I think the in terms of trying to profile a player, like what I would tell you on the gambling side for the Hero World challenges, if you want to take another week off, just go stretch it to a two week break. You know, I wouldn't follow you for that. This is kind of a you know hit and giggle is almost not strong enough. You got twenty players in this field. The shortest odds, seven to one, shared by Rory and Morikawa, I think. The longest in the 35, 40 ish range. I know some people have gotten 40 to one read tickets. Oh, you hold your horses. I got 70 to one on Hendrick Stenson. Okay, Hunter's got a hot lead on Hendrick Stenson if you want to go ahead and burn some money at 70. But it's kind of condensed. How the heck did he get an invite? I think he won here the last time the event actually, that's how long ago it was. Don't play DraftKings. Like if you're gonna win DraftKings, first thing is it's no cut. So if you're if you are determined to play, think about scoring as much as placement. There's five par fives. A couple of them you can make eagle on, particularly the I think it's the second one on the back nine. Stenson hit it to like a tap in there on his way to victory the last time we played here. So you can get a lot of points from from Eagles, you can get a lot of points from birdie streaks. So you want to play birdie makers and not necessarily, you're going to get four rounds out of everybody. And I think to be a birdie maker here, you're probably going to be pretty good on par fives. So you can look heavily way par five scoring if indeed you want to play DraftKings. But you're going to have, have to have almost a perfect lineup because you're playing six guys in every lineup out of 20 in the field. It's not like they shrink it down to a four-player lineup or whatever. So I imagine you would have to have the perfect lineup. Almost, yes. That's why I'm saying scoring. You're going to have to have either the, t- the top six placers or the top six scorers or you know something like that. And you, you'll definitely have to have uh, the winner in your lineup if you're going to win a contest uh, this week. And if you are going to play, at least play... Uh, the single entries. Don't play the max entries unless you're actually going to put in 20 or 150 lineups or however it works out. So that's kind of my gambling advice. 
Um, let me give you the, before we go to the full board, and I'll tell you who I have bet on, because I will not be stretching it to a two-week break. One-week break was as much as I could take. These are the leaders in par-5 scoring so far this year. So keep in mind, these sample sizes are really small. Like I think Rory's only four rounds, but not surprisingly, he's first. Morikawa is next. Then JT Fitzpatrick scores better on par-5s than I think people probably give him credit for. Hovland, Hatton, Finau. Interesting to have Finau actually that low on the list. But in addition to the five par fives, you also have five par threes to make this par 70 at 7,300 yards. Who's leads in par three scoring? Burns. Going to lead in a lot of categories right now, the way he's been playing. Hatton pops up on both lists. Rory, both lists. Finau, both lists. And JT. So, um... I just think that's interesting. Those are your leaders in par five and par three scoring so far this year. Some things to keep in mind as we look at the odds board for the Hero World Challenge. Go ahead, Hunter. Are you going to be betting this? I already have. You have? Who have you bet? I have bet Justin Rose. Okay. Around 30 to one. I can't remember the exact number I got. I see that's come down a little bit. And I got a 20 to one. On Tony Finau, who I see now down all the way to 14. So I'm pretty bullish on Finau. I might back that with a. I've seen they're giving out finishing position bets here. I might as well just pull it up while we're on the subject because I was kind of surprised by this. But, um, like I can get you like Xander this week. He's he's plus 190 to top five. Well, I think you have to like Xander, don't you? Um, but I don't see any reason not to like him. Tony Finau plus two thirty, top five. Again, there's twenty guys in this field, so to me they're kind of eh, are they missing this a little bit? I see they've adjusted this some from what I saw touted on Twitter yesterday. Finau's minus one forty five to top ten, but I mean, you like Justin Rose playing here? Do you, is he going to finish in the top half of this field? Plays well here. Do you like Reed here? You're going to finish in the top half of this field. These guys are both plus money uh, to top 10. They only have to beat half the field to do that. Now, granted, everybody in this field is good, so maybe you don't think that that is going to happen, and those are sucker bets, but I got in right away on Rose and Finau, and since it's only it's only 20 guys, so let me just take you through the full. Rory, 7-1. Collins, 7.5. JT, 9-1. Bryson, Hovland, 10 to 1. Spieth, 11. Xander, 12. Finau, down to 14. Scheffler and Burns, 16. Answer and Berger, 18. Brooks and Webb, 20. Fitzpatrick, 22. Rose, 27. Reed, 27. Hatton, 29. English, 33. Stenson, 50 to 1 on mine. Hunter mentioned he, got a, he saw a 70. Hatton, like I said, did pop up on both of those lists. He's Cheap. I'm going to roll the dice with him in my one or two DraftKings lineups. Probably play both him and Fitzpatrick since they seem to line up from the par 5 and par 3 uh, standpoint. And it does look like maybe uh, you know, iron approach is going to be more important here than, than off the tee with the fairways being what they are and with the past being what it is in terms of like guys like Benson and Rose playing great here. They're not known for their driving necessarily more for their uh certainly in stenson's 
case more for his approach play. So I don't know. It seems to line up with the the linksy presentation of the golf course designed by Els. You know, I, the, there's stories there for Fitzpatrick or Hatton to emerge from kind of the bottom section of this. I think Reed will be popular based on his course history. So, um, he's certainly priced. The price is interesting, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him come through. But yeah, I'm bullish on Finau, and I do think Rose is showing decent form. Played fine at RSM. At a hit and giggle. You know, if Rose is going to win golf tournaments again, you know, this is the kind of one that he can win. So maybe he steps up and plays a little bit better than everybody else this week. It'll be kind of a spread out leaderboard. It usually is here with only 20 guys playing over four days. Um, I can't imagine what the props for not a playoff are, but there will likely not be a playoff and it likely won't be that close on on Sunday either, so I don't know how much opportunity will be presented to you in the outright market during the week. If you are going to bet, I would go ahead and place them before Thursday. It'll get spread out mm-hmm. by Saturday. Anybody enticing you to make a click? Uh, you mentioned it, but Tony Finau makes a lot of sense to me. I, I think it's these um, hit and dink events. I think it's, we've talked about it before, but you got to find a guy that actually, like, when like push comes to shove, who actually wants to win going into the weekend and, and cares enough to want to get a win. I think, I think Tony kind of fits that bill is like, you don't know. I always feel like I always give Brooks a hard time, but he's like one of those guys that who knows who, who's going to show up week in and week out, depending on the, the strength of the field, what kind of event it is, what tournament it is. <clears throat> I, I feel like Tony's not quite like that. So I, I might, Tony, I'm not sure yet though. Well, that's why like part of me wanted to. Was Xander opened at 14, and I almost clicked that because it's like this is exactly the kind of event that Xander would win. And he wins WGCs, Olympics, you know, things that just aren't. <laughs> I don't know. I just this feels like if he were to win this event, you'd be like, oh, of course, Xander won this event. This is exactly the kind of event that he wins. Limited cut or limited field, no cut. Exactly. Um. But those odds have, have come down. Have you got that 14 or 16? Good for you, because that's what we have to pay to get him at the U.S. Open. Augusta. For some reason, he opened at that number at the Hero. So down around 11, 10, 11 next to JT or between JT and Jordan is probably more along the lines of you know where he belongs in a field like this. But yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't know how much of this... I'll watch. I'm excited to have golf back. I'm excited to have something to bet on. But it'll just be kind of a light sprinkle for me, enough to keep me engaged. And Oh, yeah. Well, we'll see. Go Tony Fina. Yeah, and anyway, I think we'd be, we, we, we would be remiss not to, to say RIP to uh, Lee Elder, too. He passed away a couple days ago. I don't know what, Sunday? Monday, yeah, it was Saturday. fun to hear Tiger talk about how he yeah. was behind the green when he won his first Masters there. and Shame it took so long to have him hit that opening tee shot at Augusta. I'm glad he was able to, but yeah, way too long. Yeah. So, go Tony. Good luck with Hero. Nice to be back. Yeah, it is. Well, best, best of luck at the RS Hub. I enjoyed the time today. Yeah, of course. Thank you. I'm sorry. Can you forgive me? I will have to work on it. It won't be right now. 
maybe later down the, to later today potentially.